Please listen carefully. And now, live from the Zudio in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two guys flapping gums and being chums, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, we have a very special guest. We do. It's Michael Watson. He's a comic artist, writer, creator, and founder of Freestyle Comics. FSK Freestyle Comics. And a lot of people just know him as Most Epic because you had said it earlier. He's the most enthusiastic person in comics. Yes. Michael, it's good to see you. Hey, Michael. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. We get to see you face to face, but we are doing this over Zoom. Are you are you tucked in at home? Is that where you're hanging out today? Yes, I'm in my uh, my studio space right now. That's where go. I do a lot of my minimum work. Yeah, we we call our place the Zudio. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it's it's part zoo and part studio, so we got to honor <laughs> both aspects of it with the name. That is pretty trendy. <laughs> we like to add silly names to everything we do. <laughs> But is, is that your fortress where Hotshot has made one of your comics for Freestyle Comics? Yes, uh, this is uh, the Fortress of Solitude. Uh, <laughs> this is where I do all my drawing. Uh, I actually have my um, I, I have a day gig as an art lead at a company, so my my work computer is right here, and then my comic book computer is right here. So I I'm constantly swiveling between the two. There it is. Uh, I, I live and, and breathe down here. I try to make this space as comfortable and geeky as possible for me so i'm surrounded by all the things that i'm into and love yeah oh i'm all about that i see some anime back there i see oh oh, there's some (laughs) nerf guns are those nerf guns back there yes yeah laser tag guns uh my soka set (laughs) uh star wars yeah captain america show yeah i got i got it i've been collecting for a while yeah (laughs) <laughs> we could move the camera around here and you could see all kinds of stuff like it. Yep. Contra posters and yeah. Legos and musical <laughs> instruments and uh, comic books and regular yeah. books. Luffy's looking at smiling at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so like how long have you had your studio? How long has is, is this where Freestyle Comics was born where you're sitting right now? Uh, no, Freestyle Comics was actually born... Uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, in my mom's house when I was on the phone with my friend trying to think of a name uh, for my comic studio because nice. it, it was called MJW Comics. It was my my initials, and I always thought that was lame when you name a company after your initials. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I need something new and uh, something better. And he was like, why don't you just use your tag name? And I was like, oh. And my tag name is Freestyle King because like, we did a lot of – we did a lot of freestyle battles in high school, so nice. we would just carry our sketchbooks around, and we would just battle each other all the time. And that was my tag name, and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, actually, that does work." Because in essence, comic books is freestyle artwork. You are freestyling uh, the art uh, based off of the story or whatnot. So that's where it came from. That that's amazing. I love it, and the fact that you were so the the battles were actually art battles. Like somebody would draw something, and you draw a drawing in response. Is that what you're saying? 
Yes. Whoa, how come we've never done that? <laughs> I've only ever done like the like somebody starts a sheet and then you add to it, you know. I've never yeah. done it in a battle sense. I've done it I guess in the, in the friendly middle school sense, yeah. but that sounds awesome and like having to do it fast and free that that's absolutely freestyle king. I get it. I feel like I've been missing out. <laughs> <laughs> for reals because um you know your degree is in illustration right yes as is mine i have an illustration degree as well mikey what's your degree in uh graphic design with yeah. a minor in illustration yeah see <laughs> so uh <laughs> mikey and i have been missing out now freestyle art battling each other over here we have a new thing to do in our free time yeah <laughs> that's awesome did you Go to art school with the intention of like this comic books is what I want to do. Oh, yes. Uh, art school. Uh, uh, ever since the sixth grade, making comic books has been the plan. It has uh, been the only plan. It is where I threw all of my eggs. It is all I want to do. Yeah. And it's all I try to do. <laughs> hey, I love it. That's passion. Well, it shows. I mean, you sent us over some of the uh, Hotshot comics, even a work in progress one, which I thought was really cool to see. Behind the scenes. Yeah. It's, it's like, the secret info. Yeah. You get to see uh, how the sausage is packed. <laughs> yeah. how, how the sausage is drawn. <laughs> and uh, the, it, I mean, you can tell that there's there's skills there. Freestyle comics is really good. Do you have other artists too, or do you do everything? Do you do all of the titles? Oh no no we have we have a lot of people to help out. Yeah. I, I draw and write Hotshot. I have uh, Lori Foster does the inking for my book, and Veronica Smith does the coloring. Uh, Danny Cooper is our editor, and he does the lettering. We have uh, a Guida who does uh, the pencils for Vigilance, and um, Emerald Quest is done by Seth Demoose. He does the pencils and inks. Uh, Veronica colors a good number of our books. Uh, we have a book called Cipher that our interns work on nice. um we and we have some sporadic books that are just drawn like by fish lee and you know we'll reach out and commission artists and things like that that was pretty good to list them all off we put you on the spot and you had those names ready to go i, I, think, <laughs> right. I think everybody got credit and then if anybody didn't we're, we're, you know we're happy to cover that up but <laughs> no, that, 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 that's an impressive that's an impressive crew did you like how did did you all know each other from sixth grade when you started? Like, is this a friend crew or how did how the the oh. group come about? How did you build your team? Yeah, how did the Avengers assemble? Oh wait, no, I don't know if you're I don't know if you're DC or Marvel uh, no, yet. This is, actually, this is actually a group that group of people that I met over the course of uh, college, going to combo conventions, working in the indie community, online social media, and things like that. Just meeting and networking, and you know, like minded individuals. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, or meeting people from other projects that you've been worked on and someone passes your name around or anything like that. Yeah, we got your name passed around. Uh, Brian, we were talking to him at Anime Dallas, and he mm -hmm. recommended you to us, and like that's how this is happening. It's just people talking about good people. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I bought I bought one of Quentin's drawings. Yeah. Or you bought it for me, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We buy each other presents <laughs> when we go to conventions because we're, <laughs> we're hetero life partners. That's it. Um, but <laughs> uh, we were working Anime Dallas there, covering it and um, doing panels and all the fun stuff that we like to do out of cons. And uh, we went over there. We interviewed Caitlin Barr, who does a voice in Chainsaw Man. Mm -hmm. um, and she oh, was... Okay. She was wearing uh, the her character on uh, the shirt, and, and then uh, I was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" And then Mikey went and found the poster of what she was wearing on her shirt yep. to give to me, and then I posted it 
on our socials and then um, Brian and Quentin were like, hey, man. <laughs> Serendipity. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of fun how that stuff oh. happens. Convention friends are, the, I mean, it's so much fun meeting people at conventions and making friends and getting, <laughs> doing stuff together. It's great. Yeah, I love conventions, man. I love conventions so much. And it was cool to hear that, like, that's how your group sort of formed. Like you said, college and all that, but going to like-minded events and like bringing your friends along to help you create a dream and a passion. Oh, that, I love everything about that. That's yeah. awesome. So I, I love Hot Shot, and specifically, I love it because it is sort of the like. It, it seems like it's the flagship comic for for your business, but it also it's the dream. Like everybody's like, man, if I were a superhero, I would fly and I would punch people and I would go faster than light. And then that's where the daydream ends. But like you took that and you actually had the skill to lay it out on paper and tell a story and develop it and give it arcs like that. That is a level of completion that most people don't get to. So what was it that that gave you that drive to actually like, okay, comics is it. This is where all my eggs were going, as you said. Oh, well, I I fell in love with comics in sixth grade. I had a friend who introduced me to them because I thought they were stupid. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) He made me, uh, he vowed that I, I had to find one um, that I liked or we wouldn't be friends any longer. And he <laughs> brought me a stack of books. It didn't talk to me until I read them. And uh, it was a- X-Men number 17. Nice. Uh, oh. That caught my eye. And it was like the last book in the stack. And uh, I just loved, you know, the art, the story, and the characters. Uh, it was really Wolverine that really uh, pulled me in and, we're um, we're, played, we're good friends already. Wolverine's my guy, so yeah. I'm, we're, we bond already. <laughs> I got you. But yeah, and it's just that feeling of reading comics, and um, I wanted to be able to do that. I wanted to be able to draw comic books that people feel that way about my art, me drawing the X Men and stuff like that. Oh hell yeah! But what what was it that we're like? Okay, I want to be in the center of it because you just said like I don't want to name my company after myself, but also I do want to be the main superhero in my story. <laughs> I get it, but well, I'm just wondering if there's more in it for you. Uh, well, making myself a superhero, I've always wanted to be a superhero. So that that land of of imagination and pretend where you get to have superpowers and save the day and and go through the experiences. I was just always kind of drawing me and my friends as superheroes when I was in high school. And then once, uh, cause like in sixth grade and you know seventh and eighth, I was kind of just drawing X-Men and Spider-Man mm-hmm. and that's it. And just rehashing that stuff. And then when I got to high school, I really found a group of friends that I really bonded with. And I turned us all into kind of like superheroes and stuff. Nice. And, uh, and then when I got to college, I moved out of, you know, down to Columbus from Cleveland so I was by myself. I didn't move down here with anybody. It was all like a fresh new uh, start. And I started like really, I decided to start really focusing and, and develop my character and give him a costume and um, kind of like start the story and figure out where things were. But uh, what really kicked it off was the fact that I had been in um, a relationship in my sophomore year. And it was a very pivotal one where I messed up and I started to like when we broke up. I was kind of, I was depressed and I was trying to deal with that and find a way uh, to handle it. And it kind of made me think about the story and like, well, what happens when you're not, when that person doesn't get back with their, uh, with their partner, how does that work? Mm-hmm. How does the superhero move on? How do they move on? What kind of stories does that lead? What kind of uncomfortable situations does that lead to? And 
I met my brother Victor at college and he is an amazing writer and creator and we put our heads together and, you know, he, he wrote a, a wicked script and, um, you know, we started, I started making the book and we wanted to have a book that was relatable, uh, that was grounded and that people could get behind and understand with the superhero stuff on top of it. Oh, I can dig it. Yeah. For what I read, I, just the little bits you gave me, I was hooked. I, I love that there's that arc of, it's not just Mary Sue is not just, Oh, I have these powers. I can fix everything now. It's I have these powers and I'm, I'm doing things with it, but I'm also breaking things. And I, there's, I'm not just fix. It's just not an instant fix. That's it. You know, I have to, I have to figure out how I can fix things with these powers, but I also broke some things too. And what, what, how, how do I deal with that? And it was nice to see that. I don't know if I've ever really seen that kind of arc before. It's usually like, you know, great power, great responsibility. We know all that from Spider-Man and everything. <laughs> yep. But usually everything works out and stuff isn't working out for Hot Shot. And I, I, it's, a, it's really neat to see him struggle with the powers in a different way than I've ever seen it in a comic before. Awesome. Yeah. Um, we make, we make hot shots suffer. Because, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you know, we want the payoffs to be worth it when we do have the payoffs. But again, this book has kind of like been my own personal therapy uh, to get stuff out, to be able to tell these stories and um, to be able to kind of work out things that, you know, I've dealt with. And, you know, I, I hope that uh, people can find relatability into it when they read it. Because I connect with these type of stories. I, I, you know, when I'm reading comics or watching anime, watching movies and stuff, I wear my emotions on my sleeve and I want to get lost in that story. I want to be swept up in whatever it is you're creating. And I want, I want to get punched in the face. <laughs> I want to feel, I want to, I want to rally with the team. I want to jump up when I'm supposed to jump up with excitement. And that is what I want to bring um, to the Hotshot series. And, you know, it's very, it's very important that. You know, when Hotshot gets a control of his powers or he succeeds, that it's it's earned and not just given to him. He's mm -hmm. just not powerful to be just to be powerful or whatever. He has to earn that. He has to, you know, he's got to get dirt in his eye and figure out how to do things. And and that's kind of like and that's why we wanted to throw him in the middle of the situation where he has to figure things out and understand why he can't control have the why he doesn't have the full access of, uh, to his abilities and why certain things are happening only when he's on the verge of death. And what are triggering these things and giving it a good reason why I can't access them. Yeah. Cause like I always knew that that was a thing, like, but I never really like laid out what was keeping them from like really accessing his powers uh, until my, <laughs> till my mom, I got on the phone with my mom and she told me that my stepfather lives down here in Columbus. So you need to, you know, be aware in case you bump into him. So you're not surprised. Gotcha. Or, or rather, uh, and I was like, oh, wow, that's a very cool thing to tell me because my stepfather and I do not get along. He was very abusive to my mom, and it is something that still lingers with me and bothers me. And I started putting one and twos together, like, oh, what if uh, it was a childhood trauma from Hot Shots past that is blocking his powers? What if he feels guilty for not protecting his mom? And, you know, then you start thinking of that question that was given in Hercules, what makes a hero a hero? Are you a hero just because you have powers or are you a hero without those powers? So yeah. what's, what's really truly inside you? And um, and for, for this thing, for the story to work, the current arc that we're on, Hotshot, 
subconsciously doesn't feel like he's a hero because he did not protect his mom when he was younger. He was like, no matter what, he should have protected her, and he didn't. And now he has his powers as a grown-up, and he's running around here saving the day and stuff, and it's like, well, am I even really a hero? Yeah, or am I just doing, you know, doing the neat thing or the, the powerful thing? To Kevin's point, first of all, thank you for sharing so much. Like the 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 struggles and all that make it real personal, and I think that shines through in the work. But like Kevin was saying, the story itself just on paper works because of that angle that it's sort of an underdog or a flawed character or a human character. You know, everybody can relate to what you're saying with that. But to hear the context that you're also putting into it and how it's informing you as, in, as a creator is amazing because – old comic books that I used to read, you know, it's like, why can't this, why can't this person use their power? Oh, because they they have a bracelet that they can't take off, you know, one and done. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's the anti-power bracelet done problem solved, you know, <laughs> but you have, you're going into like, I'm going to pull this thing from my life and turn it into like the best character development I've heard outside of D and D, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's a fully fleshed out backstory and like it, you, you almost just started at the table with this character, but that that's fascinating to hear that consideration in it, and the the fact that it is also backed up by you know personal story uh, that makes it even more heroic. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. There's the I mean, there's certain Marvel characters can get close to that sometimes. Um, mm. Batman can get close to that sometimes, but uh, the rest of the DC pantheon and some of the Marvel <laughs> characters are just it's uh, they're it's what Kevin Smith said. They're they're gods. Yeah, it's, yeah. Hard, it's hard to relate yeah. to a god, and that's why he likes Batman best because Batman isn't. He's, mm-hmm. just, he's just a dude with a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of free time and karate skills, to be fair, but you know. <laughs> or ninja Tons skills. <laughs> I, I think you hinted at it earlier that X Men was your influence or sort of your gateway into it. Uh, but when I look at, at the the whole slew of comics from Freestyle, looks awesome, and they're like I love the variety that's in there because you know it sounds like you got a whole crew there. But uh, when I look at Hot Shot and some of the stills on your website, um, I see like heavy outline, really dramatic poses that remind me more of like Boondocks and Samurai Champloo and old Cowboy Bebop. Like, it's way more anime than I would... Like, you say X-Men, I'm like, X-Men, really? Like, I think you've been reading Invincible and Saga and weird stuff and not X-Men. Like, I get that that's where it started, but... Oh, yeah. Um, I'm heavily influenced by Invincible. I love Robert Kirkman and Ryan Otley. There you um, go. I forget the artist's name, but uh, he's incredible as well. Um, they're big influences on me as far as uh, the the scale of the action. Um, and I love their conversation panels. Uh, Ryan Ollie's just an incredible um, artist, and mm-hmm. I love how Kirkman can tell a story, and then he has three stories happening underneath that story. So then all of a sudden you're at a, a multiversal alien crossover, and you're like, well, where the hell did this come from? And you go back <laughs> and, and you read the last six books. Oh, it was there in the epilogue of each one of the previous six books yeah. up to this thing, and I love that because it didn't was there's no big need for a buildup uh, for some of the stuff. We just put you right into action. And I love the gray area of Invincible and how it really challenges what it means to be um, in the superhero world. And like, what is really, what does it really take to save lives, save lives and, and move forward. Um, Naruto, um, because I love the long story form <laughs> telling the growth of each one of the characters and um, very impressed with how the creator of Naruto tied all these like, 
nerd bombs after one after another. <laughs> after another one. You're like, well, dang, how far out did he plot this? How far out did he plan this? And I like that when a choice is made, a choice is made. Like, they may have brought some characters back from the dead, but those characters are dead, and they're only here for a limited amount of time. And, they're, you know, when they're gone, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no bringing them back to life or anything like that. And I respect uh, his endurance because I cried on the issue where Naruto was accepted by the village and finally seen as a hero. Mm-hmm. And that took like 400, 500 issues to happen. You'll <laughs> I mean, sit here and read and endure this village treating Naruto like trash uh, to finally see them accept him. I'm like, oh God, that is <laughs> the long game. Like, how do you have the patience and you know authority to do that? It, it is so tough. But also uh, coming there with some My Hero Academia. Um, My Hero Academia gives me all the 90s vibe of uh, old school heroics that I used to love, um, especially with the X-Men and Spider-Man and, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, the every person with Spider-Man and the uh, the grit and determination of Wolverine and getting back up and being the um, undervalued small person in the crew. But I watch tons of anime <laughs> as well. I'm, I'm very much so influenced by my environment and by my my geek culture, uh, there was a K drama that I watched called uh, Uncanny Counter. Uh, it's a an awesome show. What makes it I was, awesome? I, I'm um, not familiar uh, with it, so so give me a, give oh, me a bullet point real quick. Uh, so uh, these characters, they are part of an agency, a spiritual agency that handles demons and spirits that possess people, and they it. exercise them uh, to a realm. But the people that are actually doing it have all been comatose. And a, a entity enters them to awaken them and give them these powers to fight. Um, awesome. I was drawn to it because I hate bullies and I love anything that whoops a bully. I just love it. I love seeing <laughs> it. It makes me so happy. And I saw it on TikTok. <laughs> uh, so then I looked it up and I started watching it. And it is great. I love the show. It's uh, me and my kids, one of my kids' favorites. But there's the scene where he comes, um, where the main character who has a damaged leg because he has a cane and he limps. Well, when he came back from his coma, the entity inside of him fixed his leg. Oh. And his grandma, but he can't tell anybody that. He can't tell anybody where his powers come, that he has powers or that he's doing this thing. Let's keep it secret. Mm-hmm. But his grandmother has Alzheimer's. And one night he was very late to get home. And for whatever reason, she waited outside for him because she wasn't home. She didn't know why she was waiting outside for him, but she knew she needed to wait outside for him for some reason. And it was because he was late and he comes home and she sees him and he's like, Oh, grandmother. And he goes up to her and she's staring at him and she's looking at him. She's looking at his leg and looking at him. And she just starts crying Aww. and she doesn't know why she's crying, but she knows but we know that she knows in there somewhere his leg is fixed, but she can't she can't put it together. She doesn't know why she's so happy to see him. And I was like, oh, <laughs> got you right in the fields. <laughs> yeah, all the emotions. And that was like that was like a five minute, you know, that was like a five minute scene. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whenever I see stuff like that, I'm like, how can I do that? How can <laughs> I replicate that? How can I put that in my stories? There you go. Uh, you know, uh, we just watched, uh, we, we we watched tons of stuff, but we watched My Hero Academia mm-hmm. um, during dinner. And we rewatched the episode where it was 10 class, uh, class A versus Deku. 
And that is my favorite episode. (laughs) The class is trying to protect Deku and get him to come back home. And they're telling him all about how he inspired them. But at the same time, you've seen Deku's growth and he can take on the entire class like it's nothing. And he (laughs) he knows they're trying to bring him home and they're trying to protect him. But he also was like, if I'm around you, you'll die. You'll get killed because you're around me and I can't have that on me. And and he's trying to get away and you're like, I'm like, oh my God, the storytelling, the emotions. That's, no, that's complexity. That's <laughs> both those deal with internal and external struggles, and that those are the that's the story vibes that I connect with as well. And like figuring out how people pull off magic tricks like that when they do, like Robert Kirkman, yes, but uh, from the dramas you're talking about as well, it's like it's like how do they do it? I got to go research this and figure mm-hmm. out where, where they put the tricks in so I can copy those tricks and do it myself. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. It's- that's what I want. I want an experience. I want you to go on a ride. and um, I want you to feel like how visceral issue 12 is going to be. I want you to be on that same anger roller coaster him. But at the same time, while you're reading it, I want you to say, well, ugh, <laughs> is much? Is this too far? Because, I mean, yeah, he deserves to get his, his butt kicked. But are we going too far with this? When is he going to pull? Is he going to pull back? Yep. Um, I want you to have those questions and things like that. And and ride with it and trying to have these emotional moments in between um, letting the, the the violence have its own emotion while, you know, trying to draft that. I get it. Cause like to Naruto point, like, yeah, he did. Ha- it wasn't just one bad day. It was 400 bad days, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it's also not like it, it's still 400 episodes to keep people engaged. You know, yeah. it's not just beat down where people are like, okay, this is just, I'm watching somebody get tortured. Okay. I'll go, find something a little bit happier. You know, yeah. you can't go that hard with it like you're saying. So that's a, that's a hard balance to find. Be like, here's some trials and tribulations, but stick with it because <laughs> the, good, the good part's coming at some point. I promise. <laughs> coming, it's coming, it's coming, I swear. <laughs> it seems like a, you're a lot like us in your diversity of nerd slash geek culture, whichever word you want to use. Um, mm. That's a That's a big thing. That's why our podcast is, it's not really focused on anything in particular. It's just the stuff we're into at the time. So we go all over the place. Yeah. So I was, I was wondering like, do you like Mikey and I have some, some tops, you know, (laughs) like, uh, like I am like, I I love watching anime. I love playing some D and D and role playing games, but really at, at the heart of it, I came into this, my nerd seed was planted with star Wars. That's like my main thing. It's the thing I started with. So that's like kind of of the pyramid of nerd. My base is a Star Wars base. Mikey's base is? Uh, it was video games. It was Dragonlance. Yes. Uh, but like my my ultimate nerdy thing is music. Like I can uh-huh. talk to you about any band, any song, any genre. Mm-hmm. Let's go. So Yeah. So we're wondering what your base where that nerds was the nerd seed that in in sixth grade when they the was was the seed of the that stack was that like a package of seeds to play in <laughs> or was there stuff you were already prepped to before that? Oh, uh, the nerd seed was cartoons. Uh, yeah. It was absolutely Voltron is oh, what got me going yeah. and things like that. Um, but you know, I clocked in every day after school for Ghostbusters, yes. Ninja Turtles. Thundercats, Silverhawks, yes. Mass Crusaders, G.I. <laughs> yeah. Joe, Transformers. Yes. Uh, 
that is what really got me like you know really liking stuff and clicking yeah. like my mom wouldn't get me a bunch of stuff but like like i couldn't get a bunch of stuff but she would try her best if there was a cartoon that i was feeling that year to get me that cartoon all my gifts would be based off of that cartoon oh yep, yep. nice that's a good mom uh, right there yeah and yeah. you know she'd work at you know she'd either work at kmart or at hills or whatnot uh during the holiday season so she'd get access to them oh yeah, yeah. and uh <laughs> My mom, my mom was very clever and creative with how she got. She made things happen. She, she made her, but um, yeah, so those were the those were the triggers. And then uh, hitting comic books in the sixth grade was like Neo in the chair getting kung fu for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. That, yeah, man, you just you hit me right where I'm at with all those were all the cartoons that I was into as well for sure. And I, I I never stopped watching the things I was watching. One of my favorites, I was probably too old to be watching it, but I loved Gummy Bears. I thought that was... Oh, Gummy Bears. Yeah, 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 I remember them. I thought that. I was like, I was like, yeah, I know this is for... Them, but this is awesome. This is great. <laughs> but man, G.I. Joe, yeah. Wow. That G.I. Joe movie. Did you ever see the G.I. Joe movie, Mikey? You're too young. Oh, I've, like, yeah. I've seen the new one they tried. No, to... I'm talking about the cartoon movie. No. They made a movie of the cartoon. where And spoiler alert, <laughs> they, they kill one of the characters in it. Like Cobra Commander uses his like Cobra Scepter to kill Duke, just one time. Yes. Oh wow. <laughs> that yeah. That 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 shook me. They in the eighties they didn't care what they were showing kids. I think in the Transformers like cartoon movie they kill someone too. I think. They killed Optimus Prime. They kill, so yeah, they killed so Optimus. <laughs> That's only and, so and they then you find out why they. Then you find out years later as an adult why they killed Optimus Prime. And you're like you silly dumb. Like, <laughs> like, are you serious? That's why we killed him. Yes. You just. They, I don't know. In the eighties, they didn't. They didn't mind children walking out of theaters with tears in their eyes. No. Yeah. <laughs> They were discontinuing the old model toy, and they were bringing in the new model toy with the yeah. new costume, so they got to make some character changes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're basically, we're watching we're watching half-hour commercials and loving it. That's it. Who was your G.I. Joe? Who was the guy for you? Oh, it was Snake Eyes for me. Oh, but I think yeah. everybody, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty basic at that point, but Snake Eyes was so cool. He was, he didn't have to say anything, and he was a ninja, and he... He always ended up being the one bailing them out. Yeah, yeah, Awesome rivalry with Storm Shadow. Yes. Yeah. I love Storm Shadow was, I was, I was on the Cobra side. Storm Shadow was my guy. So I'm the bad version of Snake Eyes, basically. But if you buy, if you have the Storm Shadow action figure, you got to have the Snake Eyes action figure. What are you doing? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But they were literally the two best of each one. That's why they were such great rivals. That's it. Yeah. And I, I can see why you go with Snake Eyes because you are a comic book designer and he has the coolest, like, he's costume design. He just looks cool. He doesn't even yeah. have to say anything. He just looks awesome. No. He's the best. Yeah, he does. And that's a point for freestyle comics too, man. Looking at the, Go look at that character roster and it's just, it's new designs, it's fresh designs. It's great. Yeah. It's not just, oh, they reskinned, <laughs> oh, look, they reskinned Wonder Woman and they reskinned nah. Spider-Man. Nah, this is, this is freshed up. Yeah, it reminds me uh, a lot of when... Um, when I was I was in the comics around the time that Dark Horse came on the scene, oh, yeah, yeah. and Image came on the scene, and you're like you're like oh yeah this this looks different this is something new this is something this is something better. It's not, <laughs> it's not just capes. I mean, your characters have capes, but it's not just capes. Well, Hotshot doesn't have a cape though, does he? No, we, yeah. we have a couple characters that have capes, but Hotshot doesn't have one. <laughs> yeah, 
Because those are da- we learned from the Incredibles, capes are dangerous. <laughs> capes are dangerous. <laughs> all right, so is it you that's doing all the character design? Is that a team effort? Are you guys breaking things down like in a big think tank? How does that work out? Uh, I've done a good number of the character designs. Victor has done some of the character designs as well. Um, we kind of pass them back and forth. Uh, we have uh, Five Star is one of our co-published books. So Tony Clapper created that. He got he had someone design that character for him. Okay. Um, we co-published Green Zone, um, the first two issues. And Fish Lee came up with all of those designs. We co-published Spider Squirrel. And Charlie got all those designs done um, for that character. Uh, Alyssa is another character that we co-published. And that was designed by her. Heroes International was designed by Victor, and then I kind of tweaked and updated the costumes. Right on. Uh, Hot Shot was designed by me, and then I had one of my friends who's a really good character designer kind of kind of tweak it some, lean it up. Uh, Vigilance was designed by me. And then we have other characters like that are in Cypher, um, like Wolf, I designed her, but like we have the regulars who were designed by some of our interns. Okay. Uh, Chaos Crusade is a new story that we're doing. The interns kind of um, are using some of those designs that they that they did or whatnot. So it, it, it's it's all in it's all the sum. Um, Teo is one of our new artists and our new back big bag villain. She just uh, Teo just designed. I'm sorry, um, he just designed all of the uh, our the main villain and their generals and kind of like what the military looks like for that. Awesome. Well, so. That's super cool. And just like that everybody gets a little piece of it. That's even better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Hotshot, I want to know more about Hotshot. Tell me about his, oh. tell me about Hotshot's powers. Tell me about how Hotshot got his powers. We we, are, we talked a little bit about how he's got a block on his powers. Yeah. But I also want to know, oh, the world's greatest hero is gone too. That's, that's okay. an interesting tagline. I want to, I want to know some of this backstory. Let's get, let's get our fans all, 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 oh. In in the know, yes, and salivating to get more. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, as of right now, we know Hotshot uh, can fly. He can take a punch. Uh, he's pretty durable, and uh, his main power source is a heat blast that he can fire from his hands. Um, he uses that to generate uh, heat heat to fly. Um, he can also sense heat, uh, see heat, kind of a way like the Predator does. Yeah, uh, tracking people. Uh, we haven't like revealed where it's well in issue 13 that I am drawing <laughs> right now. I'm seven pages into issue 13. We do reveal in that issue where Hotshot's powers come from. Oh, uh, yeah, dun, dun, dun. and it's you know, and we've been dropping breadcrumbs through it, um, through our entire series, all 13 issues. But Justice, uh, was the world's greatest hero, he fell, uh, in uh, during this event called the zero event and that is was like a pretty much a, a big world war uh between all of our extra humans all of them were in the sahara desert uh it was all the heroes and villains the heroes and this is actually being told right now in zero event number one because mm-hmm. we hadn't told anybody what really happened everyone has just known that this is where everyone disappeared at and our the extra human population went down to zero at least uh-huh. those that were on record and um, but after issue one came out last month, we revealed that the heroes were drawn to the Sahara Desert by the whole slew of villains. They had no idea why they were out there. It was basically them calling them out in a, a big war rage in the Sahara Desert. But this way, over in the states, uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, 
nemesis, which is one of the bigger villains of that time, mm -hmm. calls out justice. And they are fighting in the city of Cleveland while this war is going on at the same time as the Desert. And um, so it's like a personal battle, like vendetta almost. Yes. Okay. Nemesis is taking this chance to be able to attack justice full steam without him having any support or anyone being able to come back him up or anything like that. And a um, bunch of stuff ensues and happens, but basically everyone disappears in an explosion. There are no bodies. Uh, the Sierra Desert, that section of where the fight was, kind of got canonized um, and it's been roped off and a monument's been put there. Mm -hmm. And at the same time that all these heroes disappeared or whatnot, Justice and Nemesis died in their fight. So that is why we say it is a zero event because all the heroes and villains that we had on record dropped the population of them dropped to zero and restarted a couple years, uh, started to invigorate, uh, restart in life with Hotshot being one of the first heroes uh -huh. uh, to show powers in Oh, wow. That is super cool. Uh, I uh, love it. it. That's the trailer right there. And I want to watch the series. Uh, uh, right now. I mean, I do have the comic books and we have secret issues, but uh, <laughs> secret issue. this does lead me to my question. So you're talking about breadcrumbs and you're talking about how you like Robert Kirkman. And even though he does cliffhangers, you know, he it's not a cliffhanger because he was setting you up the whole time and you didn't even know it. Are you thinking are you thinking about uh, issue 16 right now? Are you thinking about issue 50? Are you thinking about issue 100? How far? How crazy oh. have you gotten with the story? Like, what do you know? What's in the what's in the trap that we don't know? <laughs> Oh, I know everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hotshot, since I've started working on Hotshot, Hotshot has been planned out for 100 issues. Wow. Um, I love it. We, uh, I know how Hotshot ends. Uh, well, I know there is an ending for Hotshot. Well, at least Mike Watson is Hotshot. Okay. Um, we have at least three major crossover events with all of our books. And um, a buddy of mine uh, <laughs> who was being very honest with us, which I appreciate his honesty, I uh, was like, man, I, you got Hotshot planned for 100 issues. How are you going to get there? You, you're going to be 80 by the time you get there. You you come out with two books or maybe one book a year um, of just Hotshot. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of looked at him and scowled at him like, hmm. <laughs> 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 when, I, when I went home and thought about it, I was like, oh, that is a valid point. <laughs> um, it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> so uh, Danny Cooper and I, Danny, uh, the editor-in-chief, uh, we had to sit down and re uh, re look at our plan and see how we were doing these books. Yep. And we decided instead of uh, Hotshot being, you know, a book that we, I mean, obviously we're going to keep coming out with the Hotshot book, but we decided to be more inclusive of all the books. So we're sitting on 42 comics right now Damn. In, the, in the Freestyle Comics universe. So all these books are going to be leading up to our first big pinnacle event and riding through all the way to the end. So we're starting off with 14, um, but eventually all those books will dilute down to two or three books. Gotcha. So we wanted to have individual series that, you know, give our characters their start, give them their story, and then puts them where we need to be to where they can be canonized. And, you know, we can say, all right, this is the last issue of Vigilance. This is the last issue of Heroes International. But you will still see these characters intermingling and happening in the Hotshot book or the Cypher book. So uh, Hotshot has, you know, that, that endpoint is there. Um, right now I have issue 24 already written. Nice. Um, that's our first big crossover event. And it, start, it starts in issue 24. It'll cycle through all of our books and conclude in Hotshot uh, 25 for the 25th comic book anniversary for Hotshot. Um, 
Oh yeah, well, definitely. We we haven't worked out right now. Issue twelve is being lettered. All the colors are done. <laughs> issue thirteen, I'm on the seventh page drawing that. Issue fourteen is being drawn by Teo, and he has already finished the layouts and has started doing pencils. Uh, issue fifteen is being written by Danny J. Quick, who is doing. A, I'm doing a crossover with his character Ace Blade um, in Hot Shot fifteen, and then. Um, I've been thinking about like, oh man, I'm thinking I kind of want to open this writing thing up and get other people to write short, you know, one shots yeah, yeah. and hot shot. Uh, so I know what needs to happen to get us up to issue 24. Um, but I'm just, I'm trying to see if I can find some writers that I can work with that within our budget. <laughs> <laughs> but you, uh, you guys and, are um, working. See what I can make happen. But yeah, it's, it's pretty well thought out and planned out and whatnot. Uh, it sounds like you guys are working and hustling. That's that. That's a, a five-year plan. That's mm-hmm. a that's a twenty-year mm-hmm. plan. That's mm-hmm. that's awesome. I saw that you uh, do a little YouTube show where you interview someone and then draw. The do you draw like them as a superhero? Is that what you do? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do a show called Chat and Draw. We have uh, I'm on episode two hundred seventy-eight, and it depends on who the guest is. Most of my guests are comic book creators. So when they come on, I draw their character ah. while I'm but if it's like a cosplayer or a comedian or you know um a social media uh, star or whatnot, I draw them as an anime or comic book character. Oh. Wow. That's such a great bit. Do you ever want to draw two podcasters? <laughs> 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 hey, I absolutely can. We're trying to get to uh, episode three hundred right now. Hey so what I, got, I got thrown. We're we're climbing to episode three hundred as well. That's it. Yeah, we're getting there. Oh, okay. It's yeah. a milestone. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Did you what? What would what would you be as a superhero, Mikey? Oh, we we talked about this, and then we, we have. We, I can yeah. I, I'll bounce this to you for the 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 specific question, but uh, I would definitely be a shapeshifter superhero of some sort, like okay. like different you know different forms for each issue. That just that as, as an artist that hates drawing the same thing over and over again, which is why I could never I I, I have much respect for you because I could never do that. Like <laughs> like this, I know what the character looks like. He's cool, but I can't draw him eighty more times. I'm mm-hmm. going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a shapeshifter, I get to draw me as a bear and a oh, a, a sailboat, uh, anything. I see. Yeah, that's that that comes from our panel where we decide what superpowers we want. Yeah, you always pick shape. I always pick teleportation. I I I like to bamf around. <laughs> as I am a Wolverine guy, but is super mm. cool. But it, Nightcrawler has some cool. I mean, you can you can basically fly. It's true. But just, yeah. you just keep bamfing over there. So yeah, it's fun. Teleportation. That's mine. That's it. And but this leads us to the specific question for you. Like we do have hot shot, obviously, so you got to sort of have your pick of powers there. But if you only get one superpower for you in real life, which one do you pick? Out of any superpower? Oh, that's a tough question because it always comes down to two choices. Yeah. Uh, either I would like to be a telepath or um or teleport. Yeah. Oh, you guys are on the same team for yeah, half man. of it. I love it. Telepath though, that's that's a great power. Yeah. Like Deanna Troy. Yep. <laughs> but but you got to have the limitation because like they say te- like if you're a telepath either like it's it's on all the time and it drives you mad unless you're like super good with it you know mm-hmm. or you can only use it in certain certain circumstances mm-hmm. you know because I can't imagine if you could read people's minds like all the time whoo, how would you yeah. live? It's Professor X, right? It is. Yeah. 
And then he starts getting the man. That is one of the coolest things about Logan. He starts, you know, they give him Alzheimer's and it like is like makes things go crazy. That is man. That's for mm. my money. We'll ask you. But for my money, I think that's one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. Logan. What's your okay. what's your favorite superhero movie of all time? Oh, <laughs> uh, probably right now it is. Uh, it's it's still holding at Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, um, that's a great one. That's true. Yeah, but I, I do really enjoy Logan. Although I think Logan is a movie that Fox does not deserve. Uh, but, <laughs> um, it is really good. I just feel cheated because we never got the versions of Professor X or Logan that we should have had to mm-hmm. appreciate them in that state that they are. So like, I feel like that end journey was never earned because we never got the professor X that was really professor X. Yeah, and yeah. we never got like a full, like Hugh Jackman did an incredible job as Wolverine, but we never got the Wolverine all the way yep. that would, that when you see him that way, it really would hurt yeah. to see him that way. Versus, you know, versus, you know, oh, well, this is a really good movie. It's well acted. And, you know, they got the story semi right. But yeah, that's just no, 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 no. no. I guess I guess I'm kind of uh, I had a subscription to the Wolverine comic for years. So I'm Mm -hmm. very uh, I guess I just know him and I know they they did it. That that was almost a continuation of the comics in a way. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Now that uh, the valid point to you, man, I didn't even notice that until you just told me about it. But like for, Logan is awesome. I'm on Team Logan with you guys. But because it is sort of meant to be the end cap to like X2 and those X-Men, yeah, yeah. it doesn't fit. There is a You're, big disconnect yeah. there. Like both are both are great, but they don't fit together. That's pretty, that's fascinating. Yeah. It's yeah, like you, you want to appreciate Professor X for everything that he does. So like it's like when those moments of his fealty comes in and he fails or he's hurt you're supposed to hurt more with it because you've seen professor x be so great you've seen him save the world so many times or put it on his back and you know you've seen wolverine go through hell and high water to you know protect jubilee to protect shadow cat to yep. to one of the x-men and you've seen him go from being uh arrogant a-hole to the the big brother uncle father figure in the mm-hmm. x-men all the youth and you know, and you, you, uh, it's just, you <laughs> have all these great moments to appreciate the, the fall off. And if you don't have that emotional tie to it, it's just a really good movie. But like, you don't get the, they, they only had the one part that chokes you up when she said, uh, when, um, she said in part two that you die with your heart in your hand and, uh, her hand was holding Logan's hand. And you're like, oh, that was a great connect. Yep. Um, uh, that was really cool. But you know, I want I want all the pain. <laughs> when I go see all, when I go see the movies, I want it all. I want the full, I want the full experience. I want the director, the writer, and actors to take me into their world and just fully oh, accept yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's going on and go with the ride. Yeah, yeah. Did you see Godzilla minus one? I have not seen it yet. Oh. At this point now, I'm just waiting for it to come to stream from, and it's taking you forever. From what you just said, from what you just said, though, I, I think you're going to like it. I would, yeah, I would, yeah. I would second, second that motion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen, don't listen to our podcast episode about it. We totally ruin it, but we gave it good ratings. Yes. Yeah. You can listen to it afterwards. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can listen to it after. 
All right, that sounds really good. I am I am looking forward to watching it. Yeah. Uh, Michael, this has been a blast, though, but uh, you mentioned something about a big event, something you're coming up culminating, maybe? Did I hear that correctly? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, this goes back to my uh, my friend's jab at us about our 100 issues. So we, uh, again, Danny and Veronica and I, and, and we're sitting down trying to think about, like, what can we, we have to speed up this process, because right now at the rate that we're going, it really will be 10 years before we get to this crossover. Mm-hmm. The crossover starts in issue 24. Of Hotshot, so we've uh, had to up the production of the Hotshot book, and I actually have a meeting um, with our all our writers uh, this coming Sunday, so they can start mapping out where their characters are going to be when this crossover hits, and how many books they think uh, between now and the next two years that they can get done. Uh, because I'm going to uh, the schedule I'm trying to keep is four to five issues of Hotshot put out a year oh, wow. to get us to issue 24. Um, so we can jump at this crossover. Um, I'm very, I'm very, very uh, picky about these things because I obviously we don't have the horsepower that a Marvel or DC does. Mm-hmm. So I can't do, I can't do a big campaign or event every summer, nor would I want to. But we want our events to like matter, and this is this is called Zero Event Emergence, and it's tied to the previous Zero Event. Okay. Um, and, it is going to be our first cataclysmic event on Earth uh, since the Zero event. And it's going to pull on all the things that we have been talking about in all of our books. Um, I mean, specifically, Hotshot and Vigilance and Heroes International. But this is going to be one of those moments where our heroes are going to have to rally together the odds against them. The Earth is being attacked. And we're, we're getting hit with our, with our what I would call our Magneto-level um, villain. Gotcha. That's going to call come in and shatter it. Like, I my, I plan on lighting everybody up. Like, <laughs> I, it, it, it's going to be bad. It's oh. when, when Manifest lands um, on Earth, that's the character's name, it is going to be real bad for the entire Freestyle Comics verse um, with all of the characters because the state of herodom in our world is kind of low due to the zero event. Yes. And when we, when we start off with the first issue, which was written by Robert Jeffrey, I'm so excited about it because of the way, like, <laughs> you're getting we giddy. I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when, we, when I was writing this thing, I was like, man, like, I understand, like, uh, the levels of what I can and cannot do, or like what I have the ability or what I don't have the ability to invest time in. And I don't have the time to invest into writing the way that I need for this story to hit the way I need it to hit. Gotcha. Uh, so I started looking at different writers that I respect and I think do incredible work. And Robert Jeffrey is one of those people. And I explained to him what we wanted and how I wanted it to start off. And I was like, it, this is pandemonium, man. This is like, you remember the episode of Justice League where Darkseid came in and had Superman up on the cross <laughs> and was walking the city? That, that, that is the type of destruction and, and stuff that we're talking about. And he was like, bet, I got it. <laughs> and then when he gave me the script, it was it was that, but in a whole different direction. And I was like, oh, my God, we got a comic book people. This guy just wrote a, a story. Nice. And, and, it, I, that, and that's why I got to hurry up and get it out because I needed to be within time with, with things that are currently going on. Because minor spoiler, but when Manifest attacks Earth and he lands, before he lands or whatever, he he comes down and he is exploring the world himself. 
he wants to see what this world is like. He's doing and recon, he of course, happens, yeah. Yeah, and he just happens to go into um, a mass shooting where there's a, ma- a shooter uh. killing people. And he's he's watching, and he gets in the way and has a conversation with the shooter. And based off of his conversation with the shooter and seeing what he does, that's what reinvigorates him and says, I know now I'm doing the right thing for sure. Uh. So, like... He's one of these villains that is very dedicated to what he's doing. Like, he doesn't see himself as a villain. He thinks when he comes in here, he's helping us. But he, the way he feels is he's got to put his hand down. Mm-hmm. He's got to put the hammer down to, you know, that's the fastest way to rectify things. Yeah, he knows best. He has the answer. And all it takes is the yeah. solution. So we'll just enact the solution yeah. and here we go. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Exciting stuff. Uh, and the fact that you're thinking about it and it's like th- there's this much pre-planning and, and excitement just to get it out there. I, I love it. Yeah. End cool. of issue 13 is when we actually reveal. We show Manifest for the very first time at the end of issue 13 and we we mark it. Your, uh, the countdown begins. <laughs> and issues away from him devastating the world. Oh. I love it. That's a, that's a big old cliffhanger. Will our heroes save the day in time? Find out next episode. Next <laughs> issue, I mean. Yeah, well, speaking of which, uh, where can uh, our listeners find these uh, issues? Where can they get them? Let, them? let us know. FreestyleComics.com, is that where you go? Oh, actually, it is FSKnow.com. We oh. keep it sweet. Um, all our books are available on there. Um, in a few days, all the merch um, from the Kickstarter, our latest Kickstarter will be available on the website as well. Awesome. Um, so you can order all 42 books, including our newest book, which just came out a few weeks ago, uh, Hospice Concussion. Um, it's our first horror story. That's going to be available on the website there. Um, but we have the entire Freestyle Comics library in physical form and digital form. Um, we've got bomber jackets, baseball, trucker caps. We've got action figures, uh, all types of cool stuff that you can order off of there. It's awesome. And go check it out. Cause like I was saying earlier, the colors, the inks, the character designs, the writing, like you picked a good team. Cause there's a lot of cool stuff to check out depending on whatever flavor of comics you're into. There's probably something to enjoy in there. Yeah. Thanks for talking to us, Michael, before we let you go, let everyone know uh, other than FSK.com socials, any with anywhere else uh, you want to send them to. All right, cool. Beans. Well, again, thank you for letting me um, come on your show. And yeah, hang out thanks and for being here. Um, you guys, anybody can find me on all my social media as Most Epic Art across all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, threads, or whatever they call that. <laughs> whatever it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm on there, um, fsknow.com um, for freestyle comics. And uh, if you order off our website, we do all the shipping on Monday. But if you find me on TikTok as Most Epic Art, uh, we ship the next day because TikTok normally offers free shipping. So wow, I have to get go. that. Day for it to be free. Awesome. That's super cool. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you for being with us, Michael. You, the this was a great conversation. That's it. So much fun. So <laughs> much fun. And hopefully, we'll see you at some conventions sometime. Yeah. We know you hit a lot of those. I do. I do. I do. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Michael. We also want to thank um, all you guys for listening. Uh, if you guys will want to follow us, you can find us at Assuming Pod on Facebook, Instagram. X, Twitter, whatever it's called. Thread, like you said, yeah. threads. We're on. Just look for at Assuming Pod. You can also Gmail us, assumingpositions at gmail.com. Dot com. Every week I say, Mikey, 
How would you like them to format the Gmail? This is an easy one. Give me your best hand lettering. We're talking about comic books. I want to yes. see. I want to see your hand lettering skills because everybody thinks, "Oh, I can letter a comic." It's like, no, you can't. You <laughs> yeah. haven't even tried. We will that not. Hard. We will not take Comic Sans. That's not allowed. We'll delete that immediately. You have to do your own hand lettering. <laughs> And none of that Comica stuff from DeFont either. No, yeah. I'm just <laughs> if, <laughs> if you guys like what we're doing here and want to support us, podcasting is not free. You can buy us a coffee, buymeacoffee.com slash assumingpod. We want to thank you guys so much for listening again. Thank you, Michael, for being with us. We also want to thank That Guy Brad for doing our announcing, Not Scott Productions for our equipment, and Jazzar for our music. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We will see you next week with some more fun, geeky content. Yeah.